0: Sports Corner. My name is Nick Winstead and I'm joined by Randall Davis. Randall, how are we today? Oh, doing good. Coming at you a little bit on a,
1: a different different day this week. Wanted to come at you on Monday to uh, get the national championship. And that way, maybe on your way home, you could listen to it and get a little bit prepared for the national championship game tonight.
0: Yeah, got some uh, very exciting things to talk about. Uh, this week on the corner, we're going to preview the national championship game tonight between the dogs and the Horn frogs. Going to look back at this weekend's NFL uh, games and go into the playoffs, which start this Saturday. We'll also have the Power Five and our big boys corner picks, so let's get rolling. (laughs) So I wanted to start out with our national championship game tonight, the college football season, which... Admittedly, is my favorite time of the year. Uh, I'm a big NASCAR fan, but, man, love college football. Comes to a close tonight. We've got the national championship game at SoFi Stadium in L.A., which beautiful stadium, fantastic place, but they're not allowing tailgating. And you've got 80,000 people from Texas and Georgia that are used to tailgating for hours and hours and hours. Not going to be able to tonight.
1: Yeah, a little, a little different. Uh... You know, hearing that for for a national championship game in college that they're not going to be able to tailgate, it's wild. SoFi is a beautiful stadium, um, top two or three in the league pretty easily. Um, you know, the, the new Titan Stadium that they're proposing, same people that did SoFi um, are, are looking at doing it. So, you know, I think it's going to be. I, I can't say that I thought it was going to be TCU-Georgia. I really thought it was going to be Michigan-Georgia. and Georgia.
0: Right.
1: But, man, I think it's going to be exciting. I think TCU, they're so good offensively. They've got some firepower. Georgia, you know, gave up the most points they have given up all year against Ohio State. Right. Um, but I think it's an interesting battle. You know, you got two Heisman finalists and, and Max Dugan and, and Stetson Bennett. I think that what it comes down to, and just talk a little bit about the, the semifinal games. Well, uh, you know, T- TCU-Michigan, oh, no, you're good. I mean, I mean TCU-Michigan, I was I had a wedding to go to that day. Mm-hmm. I went out to eat before, and I sit down, and Michigan's down 18, 19 points. Yeah. They just thrown a pick six, and I thought, what is going on? And get into the wedding, ceremony gets done, check my phone, and And it's 51-45. Yeah. I thought, well, they came back. You know, and Michigan's been really solid all year, obviously undefeated, um, beat Ohio State, but just didn't expect for TCU to pull out the win. But, man, with Max Dugan, Quentin Johnson, got a good running back. Sonny Dykes has always been, everywhere he's been, prolific on offense, starting Mm -hmm. with, you know, he was at SMU right before he went to TCU. Before that, he was at Cal. Before that, he was at Louisiana Tech. Right. You know, he's always been really good offensively. Out at out at Cal, he was running the Tony Franklin system. When I was still coaching at William Blunt, we had went to Tony Franklin Clinic. Then they're innovative in what they do, and that's what keeps them in a lot of games. The question is going to be: Can they? Can they slow down Georgia? and can, can they score on Georgia's defense with Jalen Carter, with Ringo. Right. Georgia's really, really talented. Um, so, what did you think about that game and, and TCU's performance?
0: You know, this is – later in our Power Five, we're going to go a little more in-depth and talk about our top five bowl games. And this, you know, for what was a 41 bowl games, was a great bowl season. This was This was one of those great bowl games. You had – TCU at one point had an 18, 19-point lead. Michigan comes storming back. TCU scores again. Michigan scores again. And Michigan at the end of the game has a, a, a really small chance, but has a chance to drive down and score. And um, TCU comes up with some plays and stops them. But TCU, yes, gave up 45 points to Michigan. Michigan's a good offensive team, but they also had two pick sixes. In that game so yes you give up a ton of points but the defense is what essentially they scored 14 points and that's the difference in a six-point game 14 points is a big deal um, as far as TCU right now they're they're playing with house money they were not supposed to be here granted when I say not supposed to be here, not even supposed to be in the national championship game, not supposed to be in the college football playoff, they were unranked at the beginning of the year. Picked somewhere in the middle of the Big 12. You've got to think, Oklahoma was probably picked ahead of them. Texas was picked ahead of them. Oklahoma State was picked ahead of them. Baylor was picked ahead of them. And they they beat all those teams. You know, their their one blemish on the year was to Tulane early in the year. Um, But And then also, or excuse me, not Tulane, lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. Um, So this is a team that is by all means ahead of schedule. Sonny Dykes comes in. This is his first year at TCU. Has him in the college football playoff. So regardless of of what happens tonight, TCU fans should be, you know, obviously they want to win the national championship. They want to win the game. But TCU fans should be very, pleased with what the job that Sonny Dykes has done in this first year, where he has them.
1: Well, and then you look at the Georgia-Ohio State game. Again, I was out of pocket and didn't get to watch a lot of that game. But first chance I got on my phone and, and you know, kind of looked at it, and Ohio State was up 28-17 or mm-hmm. 28-21, something like that. And, and um, you know, C.J. Stroud played a good game. Obviously, Ohio State offensively has some weapons. Marvin Harrison. Um, they were missing Smith and Jigba, but yeah. you know they were they were rolling, and Georgia found a way to, to get back in in the game, go down and, and kick a field goal late, and and then it came down to you know Ohio State got into field goal range, and and you know it was a long field goal, 50, 51 yards. Yeah, yeah. Noah Ruggles can kick that all day, right. but he absolutely yeah, shanked, shanked it. Shanked it. And so that's what good teams do. And Georgia's a, a great team. They're, they're national defending national champion, undefeated this year. I think that if they are healthy, the Darnell Washington is questionable. Mm-hmm. But with what they have in, in the running game with uh, and then in, in the receiving game with Brock Bowers, Stetson Bennett, regardless of what you think of him, is steady. Yeah, Makes plays when he needs to. And finds a way to win, and their defense is just so good. Um, I hate that their defense is good because, you know, it's ran by Will Muschamp and Kirby Mm. Smart. Mm. But talking about a game that I wish both teams could have lost, Georgia and Ohio State. You know, I'm not (laughs) one of these SEC fans, and, and we want to make it clear here on the Big Boys Sports Corner. We are not SEC fans. No. We are Tennessee fans. Correct. Cheering for any other SEC school makes no sense to me. No. Because Georgia wins another national championship, that's just another recruiting mm-hmm. token that they have on their recruiting trail, you know. Right. So, but I also hate Ohio State. I, I was a big Michigan fan for a long time. I wish they would have. Uh, you know, I, I don't want either of them to win. If they could have both forfeited, and the winner of the TCU Michigan <laughs> game been the champion, i have been good with it. But I've got a few keys here. How can TCU win? What do you think? What do you think the keys to TCU winning?
0: A key to TCU winning is to play mistake-free offensively. Max Duggan, uh, for as as great a season as he had uh, against Michigan in the bowl game or in the the semifinal was 14 of 29, 225 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. That's not going to light up the scoreboard against Georgia. Um, Now, he he ran the ball as well, had 57 yards rushing. But in order for TCU to hang in this game, they've got to play mistake-free. They can't turn over the ball. Um, And Georgia's really good at forcing turnovers. But even with, again, whatever you want to say about Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett is not going to lose you a football game. But if you give that Georgia offense the ball back, they're probably going to score. You know, they're averaging 40-something, 40 points a game. It's not like they're, you know, this inept offense where they're, they're scoring 28 points a game, 24 points a game. They're scoring 40 points a game. So, for TCU to hang in offensively, they've got to take care of the ball. They've got to move the ball. They've got to score when they have opportunities. When they get in the red zone, you can't settle for field goals against Georgia. We saw that with Tennessee. When they played earlier in the year, Tennessee settled for field goals and couldn't couldn't win. So when you get in the red zone, you've got to score touchdowns. And then defensively, just hang on, force some turnovers. Stetson Bennett has thrown seven interceptions on the year. They're going, they can turn the ball over. Georgia's running backs against Tennessee fumbled the ball two times. Um, so you've got to force turnovers defensively. You've got to limit their possession. So it comes down to the turnover battle, win the turnover battle, and you'll have a chance to to be in this game.
1: Yeah, I think I've got five five things listed here, and a lot of them are pretty common sense, right? But I think the first key is slow down the tight ends. If Mm -hmm. you can contain Bowers and if Washington (coughs) plays, if you can slow them down, Make them beat you with their receivers, which they still have good receivers, right. but Brock Bowers is their best offensive player. You know, he's going to be a, a top five, ten pick next year in the draft. Darnell Washington, I mean, he's 6'7", 270. Yeah. He's, he, a, he's a mammoth. Yeah. And he helps in the run game, but he also gets out in the, in the passing game. So slow down the tight ends. Compete in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I think if they can – you know, against Michigan, they, they ran the ball really well mm-hmm. and, and – and kind of dominated that game in the trenches. But if you can play well on both sides of the ball, slow down Jalen Carter, um, you're going to have a chance. Get big plays to Quentin Johnson.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, Quentin Johnson, he's a a first-round draft pick um, prospect. He's been really, really good this year, and their offense runs through him and, and Max Duggan. So if you can get big plays to him, protect Duggan, you know, you can't give up four or five sacks. No. You can't get behind the change. You cannot, in an offense that is predicated on, you know, spreading the ball around and doing those type of things, you cannot afford to give up a bunch of sacks. And then ride the momentum. Kind of like what you talked. They're playing with house money, right? Yeah. Ride the momentum. Um, play to win the game. Don't be conservative. Mm-hmm. Go out and be aggressive. And – I think that's going to give TCU their best chance to win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you – we we talk about Georgia's defense, and obviously the past two years Georgia's defense has been the best in college football. You know, you can talk about Illinois, you know, had the top defense, slowest scoring, but when you're playing in the SEC against Tennessee, against LSU, against – South Carolina, all these teams, Florida, that that Georgia plays, and you're holding opponents to an average of 12.5 points a game, that's really good. But the last two games that Georgia's played, the SEC Championship game against LSU and in the semifinal game against Ohio State, they've given up 71 points. Now, granted, part of that against LSU, Georgia was up big, LSU scored a little bit late, but Ohio State, Throughout the whole game, you know they gave up 41 points to Ohio State, um, so maybe there's a little little blemish with that Georgia defense. But I don't, I truly don't see Georgia going three games in a row, giving up a ton of points. You know, TCU is obviously a really good offensive team, but man, that Georgia defense. For as much as I cannot stand Will Muschamp, he was head coach at two schools. I cannot just if they went 0 and 12, I wouldn't care. Uh, Florida and South Carolina, but for as much as I don't like him, for as much as we might not like Kirby Smart, man, they they can coach defense.
1: Well, and that's you know kind of leading into that. Looking at what are the keys to Georgia winning? I think play a clean game. Yeah, they've they've played pretty clean games all year, but limit turnovers. That that's a that's a given in any game. But if Stetson Bennett comes out of this game with no interceptions and they win the turnover battle, it's going to be hard to look and see that Georgia didn't win the game. Right. Also, limit Quentin Johnson as much as you can. I, I think that they have the weapon that can do that with Ringo. Mm-hmm. He, I'm sure he's going to be matched up on Quentin Johnson. But limit what he can do. Make the other players on TCU's offense beat you. Feed Brock Bowers. Yeah. You know, just like it's a key for TCU to win it's to slow him down. For Georgia to win, they're going to have to feed Brock Bowers. He he's a he's a tight end, he's a he's a receiver playing tight end. He's got the size, but he can run. He's a four four type guy, can run, can jump, is physical, feed him the ball, establish your running game. And that leads to my last point is control the game. That doesn't mean burn the clock, do all those things, but right. be in control of what you're doing offensively, you know, and, and that's what George has done a really good job of this year is they just they always seem to have a good plan for what they're doing. They're really balanced. They run the ball well. They throw the ball well. So I think those are the keys to the Georgia win. This is obviously a game we're going to pick later in the corner segment, so I won't say who I think is going to win yet. But I do think it's going to be a fun game. Yeah. I think that, you know, tonight it will be interesting to see how these things play out. Um, but I think those are the keys for both of those teams to, to get a win.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that it could be a, an interesting game Entertaining game. Georgia is a twelve and a half point favorite, and the over/under, I think I saw this morning, a sixty-two and a half. I think that over/under is a little low. I would take the over in that, and man, that's a that's a big spread in a college football championship game. Um, I could I could definitely see Georgia covering. I could also see TCU covering that. But like we said, we're going to pick this game later in our. Uh, our pick segment, so we won't give away who we think will win, but um, it definitely uh, should be an entertaining night at SoFi Stadium.
1: Yeah, excited to see excited to see what happens in Southern California tonight. Seven thirty start time, I think. Yeah, you know how that goes, though pregame <laughs> halftime stuff. So it'll be a late one, but excited to see how that one turns out.
0: So now we're going to move into our. NFL playoffs segment and talk a little bit about what's coming up this weekend, talk a little bit about what's gone on with the uh, weekend past, some notable misses from the playoffs. Uh, Even though they've expanded the playoffs, not everybody gets to go to the NFL playoffs now. There's 14 teams that get to go, so somebody is going to get left out. So let's dive into that a little bit.
1: Jumping into the NFL playoffs, a lot of stuff was on the line this week. You know, we we had some some games that it came down to. Starting notably on Saturday with Titans Jags. The Titans <laughs> seven and three. And they lose, were seven and three,
0: and lose seven in a row in the year.
1: Lose seven in a row, and obviously a lot of things played into that. They were depleted with injuries for sure on the offensive line. Tannehill goes down. Defensively, they're missing Zach Cunningham, David Long, um, Bud Dupree. But to lose seven games is just unfathomable to to me. You know, when you look at that Titans-Jags game, and the Titans controlled that game for the majority of it. Yeah. You know, Josh Dobbs getting his second start at, at quarterback in his career and, you know, commanded the ball well early. Had a nice big touchdown early in the game to a Conquo, and you know, but I, I I think I was texting you during the game. The seat or the Jaguars are one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL, and Derrick Henry averaged barely over three yards a carry. Yeah, you know they just they continued to want to run to the overload over and over. There were plenty of times when they had a nub and an opportunity, I thought, to run weak on a, a stretch type play with Derrick Henry and let him do what he does best. And they just continued to pound it to the, to the strong side where there was eight in the box. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I yelled, why are you running it with nine in the box, eight, nine in the box. And it was all night. But Dobbs makes a couple mistakes there at the end of the game. Not all his fault. Their offensive line, I'm not sure could have blocked me. Yeah. You know, at the end of the game. Um, Jaguars defense played really well in the second half. Josh Allen. Made some plays. Arden Key made some plays. They had the fumble. (coughs) Excuse me. They had the fumble that they took back to the house. Um, He threw a pick late in the game that was, you know, he got hit on. And and they picked off. But, you know, I don't think it was a – I think all things considering Josh Dobbs did well in his two starts considering what he had. But something's got to change with the Titans. They cannot go into next season with what they have – right now they've got to figure out their offensive line they've got to get some receivers and they got to figure out what they want to do at quarterback I mean Tannehill's taking up a lot of money but they want to move on from him and try to find somebody whether that's a Derek Carr type or someone like that but they've got to do something um, but the Jaguars get the win Trevor Lawrence pulls it out there at the end and, and gets to go play the Chargers in the in the NFL wild card game uh, what other games were, were you interested in?
0: Well, you had the NFL had a bit of a a guffaw where they scheduled the the Seahawks and the Rams played the four o'clock slot, which if the Seahawks won, they eliminate the Lions. Uh, So they had the Lions-Packers at 820 in the prime time. So by the time that the Lions-Packers game kicked off, Lions had nothing to play for except to keep Green Bay out of the playoffs. Now, Green Bay at at one point was sitting at 4-8, had won four games in a row. They're 8-8. Rodgers seemed to be playing better, uh, finding a little bit of chemistry with his receivers. And by all means, it looked like they were going to roll into the playoffs. But Dan Campbell and the Lions had other ideas and pulled the win out last night. Uh, I went – Admittedly, I went to sleep a little early, and they were down. Woke up this morning and saw they'd won 20 to 16. So, the Lions finished the season with a winning record, 9 and 8. At one point, they were 1 and 7. So, they they turned their season around and, and keep Green Bay sitting at home. Yeah, I mean, just I watched a
1: lot of the game, especially in the second half. And Jamal Williams played really good for the, for the Lions. Tied Barry Sanders franchise record for six. Uh, 16 touchdowns in a season. Really impressive season for him. I just, the thing that struck me about that game after it was over, it really looked like that was the last game that Aaron Rodgers played in a Packers uniform. Yeah. The way that he was walking off the field, he walked off arm in arm with Randall Cobb, um, kind of taking in the sights. Um, Jamison Williams asked Aaron Rodgers post game for his jersey. You know, and that happens a lot in the NFL right. jersey swaps. And Aaron Rodgers said, I think I'm going to keep this one. Mm. That just fuels the fire to the rumors of, is Aaron Rodgers going to be ready to go somewhere else? I think that we know what kind of player Aaron Rodgers is, but we also know what kind of personality he is. I think that one of two things are going to happen. Either he's going to want to leave or he's going to want LaFleur gone. Right, And that's just how it goes anymore in the NFL is, you know, it's no different than with Brady. Brady retires – there's rumors out there. Him and Arians don't get along. Arians are tires, and oh, I'm back, you know. And so it was a it was a good game, you know. The Lions, I mean, they they pulled out all the stops. Dan Campbell coached a great game. Went forward on fourth down to, to seal it up. Ran a hook and ladder mm-hmm. to to get close on fourth down. Um, but Lions, like you said, pulled out a winning record for the first time in probably a few quite a yeah, few it's, years. It's been a while. And um, but moving into another game that had some implications, the the Dolphins and the Jets. What a what a
0: snooze fest! Oh gosh, yeah. <clears throat> at at one point, and you know, I I was watching the Bengals and the Ravens were on TV, and I'm, my dad's a Bengals fan. Father-in-law's a Bengals fan. They were over at the house watching the game, and that, that game was in hand. So I'll flip over to the to the Dolphins and the Jets, and it was three to three. And it was 6-3. to three. I was like, man. And, you know, Joe Flacco playing for the Jets and barely played all year. And the Dolphins were on, like, their eighth quarterback of the year, Skylar Thompson, which – A rookie. Yeah. By, by no means I'm not trying to disparage Skylar Thompson, but it was just – It game. hadn't
1: been the offense that they've – You know, right. they've been pretty prolific this year. You look yeah. at the stats, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, they're top – three or four in the league in receiving yards. They just didn't – there was no offense. It was ugly. A lot of field goals. You know, it was nine to six until there was a safety at the end because they were flipping it around trying to go score. But the Dolphins pulled it out. Now the question is, can one of those other guys get healthy? Can Bridgewater get healthy? Can Tua be healthy? Whoever it is, I think gives them a little bit better of a chance just from an experience standpoint to uh, take them somewhere. You know, looking at what we have coming up, they're going to be playing the Bills, so mm-hmm. they have a tall task. The Bills playing really well. Obviously, we hadn't touched on it, but the, the DeMar Hamlin situation, just an unbelievable situation. One of the – you know, I made the comment in text to you when it was happening was when, when DeMar Hamlin passed out on the field and, and had his cardiac arrest, and it reminded me from a sports standpoint of a couple years ago when, when Ryan Newman – wrecked at Daytona and you just didn't know. Right. You had no idea what was gonna happen. And you know, the whole situation of hey, y'all got five minutes to warm up. I'm glad that the Bengals and, and the Bills came together and said, No, we're not doing this. Yeah. And most importantly, I'm thankful that he's okay. You know, he's yeah. tweeting yesterday, he's he's neurologically intact. He's got a long road ahead of him to recover from this, but I'm glad he's okay, but I think the Bills are riding some emotional
0: momentum, yeah. and also they're a
1: great football team.
0: Absolutely, um, yeah.
1: I think it's going to be a tall task for the Dolphins. There, we'll pick that one later. You also have the Seahawks and the 49ers. Um, again, Brock Purdy's five and zero. Yeah, you know, five and zero as <laughs> a irrelevant
0: and playing really well.
1: You got the Chargers, Jags. We we talked a little bit about the Jags. Doug Peterson's done a really good job with Trevor Lawrence and and. Uh, with what they have, Travis Etienne, um, Christian Kirk, really big season, big game against the Titans. Giants Vikings. I Think that's an inter- really interesting very, very game. Very interesting game. Yeah. I think that you know the Giants. They they competed their butts off yesterday playing a bunch of backups. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones didn't play. Barkley didn't play. Um, interesting to see how that one turns out. You got the Ravens-Bengals, an in-conference matchup there, you know, in-division matchup in the wild card round. And then you got the Cowboys-Bucks. You know, can Tom Brady be Tom Brady? Yeah. You know, Cowboys played terrible yesterday. Can the Bucks ride some kind of momentum um, and and pull out a win there to uh, make it into the next round?
0: Yeah, very, um, very interesting games. And even with the expanded – you know, adding that seventh team into uh, into the playoffs, you you don't see a wild card team that's eight and nine. Now you've got a couple of division winners that are eight and nine, but you've you've got some you've got some wild card teams that could potentially um, give a division champion uh, a game and could beat a division champion. So uh, very interesting to see. <clears throat> what happens this weekend. Uh but then you look at the the guys that miss the playoffs. You know, obviously we've talked about the Packers. That's that's not a team you typically see miss the playoffs. We've talked about the Titans. Last year were the one seed in the AFC and finished seven and ten this year. The Super Bowl champs, the LA Rams, were never a competitive team. Now obviously they had a lot of injuries. Matthew Stafford was hurt. The majority of the year, um, Aaron Donald missed some time, Cooper Cup missed a lot of time, but they're five and twelve and missed the playoffs. Uh, the Patriots all they had to do yesterday was win. Now, granted, they were up against a, a pretty tall order and beating a Bill's team that was emotionally <clears throat> very invested in this game uh, had a you know outside shot at the at the one seed, but um, Mac Jones played a, another bad game, had three picks. Um, they missed the playoffs. Uh, the Steelers, even though having a winning season, which Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin just never has losing seasons. Now, you can, and we've, we've got buddies that are big Steelers fans and can't stand Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's won a bunch of games, been in the playoffs a bunch of times, won a Super Bowl, been to another Super Bowl, but you know, they missed the playoffs sitting at nine and eight. That's an interesting story going forward. You know, is Kenny Pickett the guy? I think he can be. They've got some good running backs. Najee Harris is a good running back. You've got probably the top pass rusher in the NFL, T.J. Watt. Very good defensive end. And, and his time in the league has put up just astronomical numbers. So, the, the one thing with the Steelers going forward is they got to play the Bengals twice a year. And Joe Burrow's pretty young. And T Higgins is pretty young. Jamar Chase. So it's it's a tall order to to play that that team twice a year. You've got the Ravens twice a year. That's a team, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit in the playoffs coming up. But the Steelers miss the playoffs. So you've got some teams that are historically playoff teams. You've got some teams that in the past 10 years have been playoff teams that are on the outside looking in.
1: Yeah, excited to see what happens on wild card weekend. I think that there's some good games. I think that see some of those storylines moving forward. It's a quarterback-driven league, and I think that we're going to see that when we get into the NFC and AFC Championship games. Can a team like the team that I've said for weeks that I thought has a chance to at minimum get to the NFC Championship game, because of their defense is the 49ers, well, they're playing with a rookie quarterback who was the last pick in the draft. Can a team like that who's not driven by a quarterback, although he's played well, right. he's not Patrick Mahomes, no. he's not Josh Allen, he's not Tom Brady, he's not Joe Burrow, he's not Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. can can they make it there? Interested to see where that's going to go. Well, that's our NFL playoff segment for the week. Um, we'll, we'll pick the games later in the Big Boys Corner Pick segment um, and see uh, – see what we how we think some of those are going
0: to turn out. But now let's move into the Power 5. This week with our Power 5 segment, we want to bring you a really cool group that we're partnering with. A couple of good friends of ours have a company where they rent out campers for your camping needs. Uh, if you need a camper for your spring break trip, NASCAR event, or just a weekend getaway, the link will be posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages. The camper they have available sleeps four, and it's perfect for a small family, or for a guy's trip to the races. Contact Joe at 419-575-2264 and make sure you tell him you heard about it on the Big Boy Sports Corner. This is a a camper that we have actually taken on a trip. Uh, last April we took this camper up to Marksville, Virginia to the races and and man, it was it was perfect. We had we took three guys with us, me being the smallest, and that's saying something because I'm about two thirty. Uh, so we had three big boys with us. Uh, but man, it was it was perfect for what we needed. Tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a, you know, it's a about an eighteen foot you know sleeps four um, bumper pull camper, perfect. You know, I, I used my father in law's two thousand expedition it has. Two hundred and twenty thousand miles on it didn't have a single problem. It's a light camper, but man, it was a fun time. It's a perfect, like I said, like we said there in the um, at the beginning. It, it's a perfect camper for a small family to use if you want to get away on a weekend, spring break coming up in the fall, in the summer. If we're going to a NASCAR event, and I can assure you that we're going to be looking to use this bad boy for a NASCAR trip this year. Correct. Um, but really fun great deal it's it's you know everyone loves using a camper but doesn't always love owning one right having to do all the stuff so this one's perfect it comes um ready to be used you just hook it up and go so again contact joe at 419-575-2264 make sure you tell him you heard about it here and if we get enough you know traction from this enough people use it we might be able to start offering some good deals on it so th- that's beneficial for for our listeners and and uh, for for the owners as well so let's let's move into our our Power Five picks what what do we got this week Winstead
0: so this week on the Power Five we're we're wrapping up college bowl season we've got the national championship game tonight but we had forty one other bowl games uh, that took place between December 16th and around New Year's, uh, January 2nd or so. So there was a lot of bowl games played. There was a lot of good bowl games played. But our Power Five this week, we're going to pick our top five bowl games from the college football bowl season. I'll get us started here. Number five,
1: the Gator Bowl. Mm. Notre Dame, South Carolina. I actually watched the majority of this one back and forth. A lot of offense. Spencer Rattler played pretty well. Um, you know, Notre Dame, their, their quarterback who had played for him the majority of the year, um, and why I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, he's transferred anyways. He, he's in the portal. Um, so Tyler uh, Buckner was, was back in there who who had started off the year and got hurt. Um, but man, South Carolina came out hot, twenty-one-seven lead, yeah. and you you end it with a forty-five to thirty-eight Notre Dame win. Really good, really good football game, fun to watch. Uh, I'm gonna go number four, um, the Sun Bowl, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh UCLA. Um, another good game. You know, Pittsburgh pulls out the win, thirty-seven thirty-five. You know, Pitt was um, down twenty-eight fourteen, and and. Came back to, to be up 34-28. Um, UCLA's starting quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, had been had gotten hurt, left the game earlier. Um, their backup came in, went on a big scoring drive, and, and Pittsburgh wins it at the end with a field goal. Um, don't like Pat Narduzzi. Don't no. like Pitt very much, but no. really good football game. Um, I'm going to go number three, the Fiesta Bowl, TCU-Michigan. Mm. Obviously, it's a semifinal game, 51-45. We've talked about it. Just a back and forth. Michigan stormed back to give themselves a chance. Um, But big game for TCU to get the win and get to the national championship. Number two, and I've called this. I want to make sure I point that out because I like to give myself credit. (laughs) Is the Cheez-It Bowl. Mm. Florida State, Oklahoma. Now, I thought Oklahoma was going to pull it out. But Florida State wins 35-32. Just a, a really, really good football game. And I think it's good for both of those teams to have a little bit of positive momentum going into the offseason. Yeah. In a season where Florida State played well. You know, they they were ranked 13th going into that game. You know, improvement from them over the last couple of years with Norvell. Right? Yeah. Norvell's their coach. Yeah. Um, but it's good for Venables to, to show a little bit of – life there at the end of the season with what they've had Dylan Gabriel playing well. And and I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be back for one more year. That was my number two. Sorry. My number one game. And I've went back and forth between a few, but, but my number one game is is the peach bowl, Hmm. Georgia, Ohio state. Um, and there's some, some that I probably left off the list here. You know, I, I considered having the Cotton Bowl in there. I wanted to have some different ones than I thought you might have. Obviously, Tulane pulled out the win there. The Liberty Bowl was a really good game. Kansas yeah. scored a couple touchdowns late, uh, got an onside kick. But just the the ramifications of the Peach Bowl for for Georgia to come back, get a lead late, and, and Ohio State miss a field goal for Georgia to get to their second straight national championship game. I will say they are the number one bowl game of this season.
0: So I've got some honorable mentions which <clears throat> my honorable mentions were actually in your top five. So we've got a, a few different games here and in a forty one game schedule to pick just five is really hard. I mean, I feel like we probably could have picked ten. There's a lot of these quote unquote lesser bowl games and, and, and group of five bowl games that were really competitive and really entertaining, but for honorable mentions, I've got the Fiesta Bowl. We talked about that. TCU pulls out a 51-45 and went over Michigan. The Cheez-It Bowl, you talked about that as well. Florida State went 10-3 and this year. That's a really good year. And, and Jordan Travis threw for 418 yards in the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, you mentioned the Sun Bowl. I really didn't know Pitt could score 37 points, to be honest with you. I didn't know Pat Narduzzi liked to score points on offense. But they um, they win their ninth game of the year, thirty seven, thirty five, and now my top five. You mentioned this one a minute ago, the Liberty Bowl. Uh, Arkansas, Kansas, two teams that are close in proximity geographically. Um, this was actually supposed to be Arkansas, Missouri, Missouri, poopoo, or not? Excuse me, Arkansas, uh, Missouri, and Kansas, which was an old rivalry, rivalry from the Big Eight, the Big Twelve. Missouri poo-pooed that idea and decided to go get beat by Wake Forest. But very entertaining game, 55-53 and three overtimes. Uh, at one point, Arkansas had a 20-point lead or so. Kansas comes storming back, gets an onside kick. Very competitive game. Um, good, good to see Kansas come back a little bit. Leopold did a, a really good job with them uh, this season. So that's my number five. Number four is the Holiday Bowl, Oregon and UNC. Very back-and-forth game. Uh, UNC, again, had a double-digit double, double digit lead. Oregon comes back and wins 28-27. Uh, number three for me is the Gator Bowl. Notre Dame pulled out the 45-38 win against South Carolina. We talked about that. Again, very competitive. Again, this sounds like a broken record, but a game where South Carolina had a 21-point lead uh, in the first quarter, and Notre Dame comes back and wins. My number two, the Chick-fil-A Bowl, the semifinal game, Georgia winning 42-41 against Ohio State. And my number one, which was one of your honorable mentions, is the Cotton Bowl, Tulane and USC. That's a game that we looked at the spread sitting at two points for USC and thinking, golly bum, like USC, a two-point favorite against Tulane from the American Athletic. You know that's there's there's no way, uh, and at one point <clears throat> USC has a 45-30 lead in the fourth quarter, and Tulane comes back and wins 45-46 to 45.
1: 46-45. Well, that's our Power Five segment for the week. Now we're going to talk about something a little bit different, um, something that this is the second annual um, um, that we're going to talk about. But Coach Winstead, why don't you talk a little bit about what we got going on?
0: So we've got here on the big boy sports corner. We're trying to be a little bit less big boy and be a little bit more swole boy sports corner. Uh, we've got a weight loss challenge. Like, like Coach Davis said, we did this last year uh, between January 1st and April 1st, and our uh, prize last year was whoever lost the biggest percentage got their Martinsville tickets paid for. Uh, this year, we've not really set what our, our prize is going to be. Uh, hopefully, maybe... Uh, The Coke 600 could be the prize later in May. But so we decided to start this challenge, and whoever loses the biggest percentage wins. And so we started on January 1st. We're recording this on January 9th. Coach Davis, tell us how much you've lost.
1: So I started on January 1st. I was 356. And as of this morning, I'm down to 344. So it's big time. Pretty big. You know, obviously, (laughs) when you got that much weight, it's it's easy to drop a little bit early. just been eating the right things, planning planning stuff ahead of time. That's always the key for me is, you know, if, I, if I've got a plan of what I'm going to do for dinner, what I'm going to do for breakfast, then I'm not scrambling and, and uh, stopping at Mickey D's, you know, right. three days a week. So down 12 pounds, feeling really good and, and excited to uh, make this one stick this time.
0: Yeah, so on January 1st, I was sitting at 237, and this morning I was 228, so down nine pounds, um, and definitely clothes fit a little looser, uh, feeling a little better. Uh, so definitely something that going forward we want to continue. So that's something, you know, we'll, throughout the, the weeks here and, and leading up into May when we wrap it up at the end of the school year, we'll we'll keep you in track of and see who's uh, who's winning and uh, it's definitely something, hey, you want to get in on? We're all about, you know, being healthy and, and uh, making lifestyle changes. I remember Coach Davis in the hall the other day, someone offered him a donut. He said, uh, I'm on a diet. He said, no, wait, I'm not on a diet. It's a lifestyle change. So, definitely something that uh, we're excited about and having fun with.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's move on into one of our favorite segments every week, the Big Boys Corner Picks. Our Big Boys Corner Pick segment is always brought to you by our favorite sponsor, Tennessee Bonding Company. If you're down on your luck and you need a bonding company, call Tennessee Bonding Company to reunite you and your love serving Blount, Loudoun Counties and all other surrounding counties. Ask for Courtney or Nate at 865-255-3361. We're going to pick some NFL playoff games and the National Championship this week. Nick, we're going to start out with uh, one of the wild card games, Seattle and... San Francisco, who you got?
0: So, this is an NFC West matchup. These are teams that have already played twice this year. The Seahawks pulled out the the win yesterday with the field goal in overtime against the Rams to make the playoffs. We've talked a lot about the 49ers already, uh, sitting at 13-4. Brock Purdy playing really well. Uh, This game is in San Francisco, so give me the 49ers.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers as well. I just think their defense is is too good, and um, Purdy's playing well. Obviously, five and zero. Oh, I'm not going to jump off that bandwagon yet. Yeah. So, give me the 49ers, uh, the Chargers, and Jacksonville. Jacksonville hosting as the yeah. AFC South winner. Who
0: you got? Jacksonville uh, sitting at nine and eight. Uh, like we said, won the AFC South. Great turnaround story. Sitting at one point in the year, three and seven and Doug Peterson said, hey, trust the process, we're going to be okay, and he was right. They finished the year nine and eight. Trevor Lawrence playing really well. That defense has, has definitely turned things around. And then you've got uh, a really a really good offensive team in the Chargers. Uh, <laughs> Justin Herbert threw for almost 4,800 yards this year. <clears throat> Austin Eckler is an absolute touchdown machine. Uh, you've got Joshua Palmer, VFL, playing receiver, Keenan Allen, you got guys on defense that play well. Um, this is – honestly, this is one of the two most intriguing intriguing matchups for me this weekend. Uh, I could definitely go see it going both ways, but the Chargers making the cross-country trip, playing in Jacksonville, Jacksonville on a roll, playing really well. I'm going to take the Jags.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Jags as well. I, I was surprised in the second half against the Titans how big of an advantage the Jags had from a home field standpoint. Yeah. TIAA was, was rocking. I think they're, they're hungry for really good football and, and that's what the Jags are playing right now. Um, Trevor Lawrence, ETN, we've talked about them and the chargers are really good. Um, battle of two young quarterbacks. Um, but I'm gonna take the Jags, Miami Buffalo. You know, we, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Um, It's just hard to pick against Buffalo in this spot. Miami, not sure what they're going to have at quarterback. Um, The Bills, everything that they have on both sides of the ball, but offensively especially, they're they're just a well-oiled machine. And and, uh, I think Josh Allen's going to come out and show you why he's one of the top couple quarterbacks in the league. Give me the Bills.
0: Yeah, this is, again, another divisional matchup from the AFC East, so these teams have already played twice this year. And in the two games that they played where Tua started, Um, They won the first game in Miami. They lost the second game in Buffalo, a close game, though. Uh, But like you said, you don't know what you're going to get quarterback. Tua, probably not going to play. Teddy Bridgewater might play. He's got a broken finger. I I just don't see a Teddy Bridgewater or a Skylar Thompson-led Miami team going in the Buffalo and winning. Like you said, all the things, regardless of on the field – with how good Buffalo is, just everything that they've got going on. Demar Hamlin making a great recovery, uh, continuing to, to pray for him. But, yeah, I, I just don't see Buffalo losing this game. Give me the bills.
1: New York Giants and the Vikings, um, probably my favorite matchup of the weekend. For sure. Um, I, I think you've got two teams that we've talked about. It. Minnesota's won something like 11 one-score games. Um, the Giants, Brian Dayball has done a really, really good job, um, with them, you know, played the Eagles pretty well yesterday with, with backups, you know, and, um, I think that Minnesota's track record is going to catch up to them this weekend. I think that it's going to be a close game and they're finally going to lose one of them. You know, I think there's something like 11 and 0 in one score yeah. games, um, this weekend, I think they're going to make that 11 and one. I think it's going to be a one score game, but I think it's going to go in favor of the Giants.
0: You know, this is a, another rematch from really uh, pretty recently on Christmas Eve, Minnesota, and the Giants played, and Minnesota won with a 61-yard field goal at the end of the game, 27-24. Uh, but I'm going to have to agree with you. I think the Vikings' luck runs out, and the New York football Giants win. Going to
1: another divisional matchup, Baltimore-Cincinnati <clears throat> literally just played. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Give me the Bengals. Too many questions with Baltimore. Is Jackson going to play? If he if he does, is he healthy? Um, the Bengals just we talked. You talked about it earlier. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. There's not much else you have to say. I mean, offensively, they're just they're really really good. Um, you know, made it to the Super Bowl last year. Wouldn't be shocked at all if it happens again this year. Give me the Bengals.
0: Yeah, back to back AFC North Championship Bengals, first time in franchise history, which is kind of hard to believe for as long as they've been a franchise. But then you got to think they play Pittsburgh twice a year, every year. Um, at one point in the season, they start out zero and two, then they're sitting four and four, and they've won nine games in a row. And I think they're going to make it ten. Give me the Bengals. All right,
1: Dallas and Tampa Bay. Who you got?
0: I've got Tampa Bay. It's really hard to to pick against Tom Brady. It's really hard to pick against Tom Brady playing in Tampa Bay in the playoffs. And, man, you know, the Cowboys have the far better record. Uh, Tampa Bay is 8-9. They played a pretty meaningless game yesterday and lost to the Falcons 30-17. to 17. But the Cowboys played an also somewhat meaningless game yesterday, but they played their starters. And Dak Prescott looked terrible, fourteen of thirty-seven. Threw a couple picks. He's thrown a lot of picks here lately, and man, they just—they're one of those weird twelve and five teams that you're like, I don't know, I don't have much confidence in them. So, I will take Tampa Bay uh, to beat the Cowboys in the first round.
1: Yep, I'm going to take Tampa Bay too. Little point of contention on this show here, but. Hard to hard to bet against the goat, <laughs> you know, I, I mean. I didn't know Peyton Manning, but he came out of retirement? Yeah. When, when he has as many championships as Tom Brady, will uh, talk. Um, no, I mean, I just – I think for the things you just said, Dallas, Prescott's turned the ball over too much lately. Their strength is their defense. But Tom Brady finds a way. I mean, it's it's what he does, yeah. you know, and Mike Evans is playing well. Um Give me Tampa Bay. And our last game we're going to pick is the national championship game. We're going to pick this one with a, a winner and a score. You go first. Who you got?
0: Give me Georgia 38-24. to 24.
1: Georgia 38-24 to 24 for Winstead. So, so far, every game we've picked, we've been the same on. Yeah. I'm going to go a little different here. I'm going to say the Horn Frogs pull it out, 31-28. I, I think that momentum is a heck of a thing man it it really is and this may be the hope in me more than anything that tcu pulls it out um but also i just want to be a little different i'll take a i'll take an l on this one just so we have something a little different if they do lose but give me the horn frogs 31
0: 28 you know admittedly this is one that i hope i lose and i hope the horn frogs do win but that's it for our picks this week obviously next week we'll come back and see how we did But that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us on the Big Boy Sports Corner. Remember to follow us on social media and like and share our posts. And until next time, y'all be good.